This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Dr. Abe Fisher talks about six of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. How can we use the fruits of the Spirit as an examination of conscience? Is one fruit greater than another? Well, let's find out. Dr. Fisher is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Dr. Abe Fisher is going to talk to us about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So, by introduction... Abe, along with his wife Jan, moved back to Kansas from Wisconsin, where Abe taught theology at Marquette University, Sacred Heart Seminary, and was in the permanent diaconate no, program. I taught in the, in the diaconate program. Oh, you taught in the diaconate program. Okay, all right. So, And he taught in the, the permanent diaconate program for the archdiocese. He is the father of three adult sons. Abe and his wife coordinate the OCIA program at Immaculate Heart of Mary in Hayes. Boy, that, that change from RCIA to OCIA catches me every time, right? <laughs> catches me just a I'm little still bit. still getting used to it. Uh, yeah, me too, me too. All right, so fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah, we so say was... Holy Spirit, but we don't not often talk about the fruits. Yeah, the fruits kind of don't get as much press as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We yeah. just, you know, when you go through confirmation and all that. But um, I, I got turned on to the fruits of the Holy Spirit a few years ago in one of my uh, moral theology courses, and uh, I just was really was really struck by them as I kind of dove in a little bit deeper and, and prayed with them. And just it's it's such a a rich uh, thing to meditate on in prayer. And you look at this list of fruits of the Spirit. You look at this list, and, and um, they, can, they can appear very, very easy and uh, on the surface. But when you start digging into them, they definitely are not, are not for wimps. So, you know, uh, so this is, a, this is a quote from Mother Angelica. We're celebrating her. Her hundredth would be her hundredth birthday here. Yeah. Holy, holiness is not for wimps. And how does the rest of the quote go? And and the cross is not optional, sweetheart, or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah. That she said. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's not for, it's not for wimps, and it's also it's also not optional. You know, when we think of we think of a wimp, we think of someone who's who's weak, who's maybe cowardly, or at least not not very committed um, to the to the cause. Which makes us think then, okay, holiness requires strength. Uh, not physical strength necessarily, but spiritual strength. It requires us to be fearless, trusting in God. Not trusting in ourselves, but fearless trusting in God requires a real, a real commitment, a conviction. And it's not, not just for saints or you know, the, the great lights of our tradition. It's for everyone. You hear people all the time kind of try to let themselves off the hook, I guess. Say, well, I'm I'm no saint, you know. I'm 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 a sinner, and I rely on the mercy and goodness of God, and uh, you know, just keep striving to do better, which is okay. Except that in in the New Testament, we're really kind of commanded to go beyond that. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us, "Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect." Mm-hmm. And we know that God doesn't command us to do things that are impossible. Yeah. But he does command us to do things that are hard. Yeah. Um, 
very very often. Um, the first letter of St. Peter, he says, he who called you is holy, so be holy yourselves in every aspect of your conduct. It's a pretty pretty high bar yeah. that he's that he's commanding that we we reach, you know. But it's not it's not optional. Um, and uh, you know, I think I think there's a huge difference, an enormous difference between people who who are striving for holiness and fail regularly and get back up and strive again and turn to the mercy of God and fall and keep striving for holiness as a goal and people who say, well, I can't be holy mm-hmm. and stop trying. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's all that makes all the difference in the spiritual life. And so it's okay to, to say that we're not perfect, we're not holy yet. It's not okay to stop trying, to stop yeah. working and to, and to make that our constant goal. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's very difficult but it's the strength of God that allows it to happen. And, you know, so it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. It's mm-hmm. not for, for wimps, but it is for each one of us. Yeah. It is required for each one of us. So we have to kind of keep going at it. Yeah. And I, I just have always felt, well, not always, but for a long time have felt that focusing on these fruits of the spirit can be a real help in that regard. Yeah, so I've kind of broken them up into, into couplets to talk about things that, that uh, go together a little bit. The Catholic Church lists 12, if you look at the catechism. Um, a lot of uh, our, our modern Bibles will list nine. Um, the, Catholic, the Catholic Church pulls these 12 out of the, uh, the Vulgate um, translation. So if you look up like in the Douay-Rheims Bible, you'll see, you'll see all of them. But um, it's just a, a great little snapshot of the spiritual life, a life of holiness, life lived in the spirit. So here we go. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, generosity, modesty, chastity, faithfulness, and self-control. So that's all you have to do to be holy, mm. or at least to, uh, to exhibit. Yeah, that's, that's all, all to, right? Yeah. To live, to exhibit a life lived with the spirit. Um, the Catechism tells us that these fruits of the Spirit are perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the first fruits of eternal life. So there, we normally think of fruits as a, as a result of, of accepting, um, cooperating with the gift of the Holy Spirit, but they're also, the Holy Spirit is more active in bringing these fruits out of us um, if, we, if we cooperate with that and live life in the, in the Spirit. Um, I like I like to look at this in a couple of different ways that are helpful to the to the spiritual life. So it can be just a list of character traits that um, that characterize a life lived in the spirit, kind of a, a specific practical roadmap of sorts for growing in the holy in the life of holiness. And I like that because a lot of times when you read a, a book on the spiritual life or talk to a spiritual master. It can be kind of vague or esoteric, and they'll they'll tell you things things to do, give you certain spiritual goals. But I always find myself when I'm reading a book like this, asking over and over again, screaming at the pages, "Great, how how do I do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do I get there?" And focusing on these on these fruits is one way that we can kind of do that. We um, working to live our lives more along these ways, you know, once we understand them a little bit better. Um, also, I think these can be helpful in, 
in doing an examination of our day in our evening prayer as we go through the day and and just consider our interactions with individuals or mm-hmm. or with situations you know were those interactions characterized by yeah. patience by love by yeah. joy by kindness gentleness uh, modesty chastity whatever it may be um, how did I how did I bear that fruit or how did I you know not bear that fruit yeah. during the day I love that idea because you know you hear about the the exam you know the examination of conscience for those that don't know what it is go ahead and explain it to us but we we often see you know use the Ten Commandments or use the the Beatitudes I love using the fruits of the Holy Spirit that's really beautiful well there's an examination of conscience that we do prior to or in our preparation to go to confession to receive reconciliation where we just try to call to mind our sins so that we know what to what to confess in the ways that we've offended God and then there's the the daily examine or examination that just is is good to do this kind of goes back to St. Ignatius uh, and the Jesuits do this daily examine where you look through your life at the end of the day and you you know, when it's still fresh, when you can remember, and you kind of go through your day hour by hour and think about what happened and ways that you mm-hmm. honored God and ways that you offended God so that you can make adjustments for yeah. the next day. Yeah. And I think the fruits can be helpful in that regard as well. Yeah. The second thing that they can do is just kind of give us a little bit of a yardstick or a, or a, a measure of how well we're living in the Spirit. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is in us and we are in Him, these fruits will be abundant, will be evident in our lives. And conversely, if we examine our life and find that we're lacking in one regard, lacking in patience, in gentleness, whatever it may be, we can kind of understand, okay, this, this is a spiritual problem. This isn't a psychological or emotional or physical problem. This is a spiritual problem, and it needs to be addressed with a spiritual cure, with prayer, with fasting, working with a priest or a spiritual director or something. But this is this is um, we can kind of focus in on it a little bit more and and try to improve. Yeah, yeah. You know, as I'm sitting here, I'm I'm still back on your your examine because I think that's just such a beautiful way to to really look at your day. You know, maybe even adding the journaling in there, and mm-hmm. you know, have the you know the list of, of the fruits, and and really journal, and and it'll help you to identify those ways where you need to improve. You know, and 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 uh, can then you know keep praying about it as you suggest, and and improve in that area. I'll tell you, these these fruits are are rich fodder for prayer, and I, I sat with with one or more of them many times. Uh, in adoration, in Eucharistic adoration, mm-hmm. or just or just in private prayer, and just meditate on them, and they're they're easy to meditate on, and and very rich ground for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Yeah. So let's let's begin. Let's let's look at them a little bit. Let's begin at the beginning with love. Okay. Um, it all starts and ends with love, right? The spiritual life. The Gospels tell us God is love. So you know, a life lived in the Spirit has to begin and end with love in some regard. I'm going to be quoting St. Augustine a few times here today. Um, I, have, I have many, many favorite saints, but St. Augustine is one of my favorites. He's, he's very quotable. Maybe not quite as quotable as Mother Angelica, but uh, pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. <laughs> one, of his, one of his quotes that you'll run across sometimes is, is simply a command or a, a recommendation that he gave to his followers Love and do what you will. You start with love, do whatever you want to do. 
You know, if you're if you're working, work in love. If you're praying, pray in love. If you're whatever it is that you do, if you do it in love, you won't go wrong. The first letter of John tells us God is love, and whoever remains in love remains in God and God in him. Mm-hmm. So that really is kind of kind of the whole challenge in a nutshell is love. If we're focused on that and we do it really well, everything else will take care of itself. We'll kind of fall into place. But of course, it's not easy to yeah. do everything in love. And why, why is love so difficult sometimes is because love goes along with sacrifice. There's, there's really, there's no love without sacrifice. And we see that the greater the sacrifice, the greater the love. Jesus gave us this ultimate sacrifice. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends, he mm. says. But, you know, that, that can be taken in various ways. So Jesus himself, of course, laid down his life in a very dramatic fashion, and, and many of the martyrs did as well, laid down their lives for God. We can lay down our life for God without being martyred. I mean, there's, a, there's another, another sense of just giving ourselves wholly to God, laying our life as a sacrifice at the feet of the cross, um, and not holding anything back, not, not reserving any part of our life, giving that, giving that wholly to God. Um, that's kind of where the not-for-wimps part comes mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. You know, doing it requires a really great commitment, commitment and, and it's a... It's a lifelong project. It's not a, a momentary thing. It's every day getting up and choosing over and over again to make, to make this commitment. Um, so what do we sacrifice? The two, the two great commandments that Jesus gives us, love God, God with your whole mind, soul, and strength, mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, for the love of God. For the love of God, yeah. yes. Yeah. So what, what, what do we sacrifice for God? I mean, that's kind, of a, that's kind of a barometer, kind of a test of how we're loving God. And love, you know, we think of it very often as an emotion. It's something that we feel towards another person, whether that be a divine person or a human person. But love is also a choice. Yeah. It's, a, it's sometimes we don't feel love, but we do love. We love somebody. And... You know, in our human relationships, that can, that can be the case. If we have a loved one that is, is suffering from dementia, for example, and is not really able to interact with us, we're not feeling love necessarily, but we still love them, yeah. care for them as, as best we can. It becomes, it becomes just a choice every day to love them. Yeah. And the same can be true with God. You know, even Mother Teresa, some of St. John of the Cross, went through this dark night of the soul where they weren't feeling this great love of God yeah. as intensely as they had at other times in their life. But they continue on making that choice to love over and over again. You know, um, and, 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 you know, what's coming to my mind, too, is, you know, marriage. You know, every marriage that I have ever known of anybody talking to anybody and in my own as well, you go through these ups and downs, right? And sometimes it's a matter of choosing to love. You know, you don't you don't quite feel it right at that moment, mm-hmm. but you choose to do that, and that's what makes a strong marriage. And then grace of God, you know, it, you you get past that, right? But I think so many marriages, you know, there's those attacks and and they fail. And, and yet, if we know what you're talking about with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and we really choose to love, like you're talking about, then then you know we won't have as many of these these failed marriages as what we're seeing. Absolutely. Yeah. 
you work your way back into the point where you're feeling that love. Yeah. Through those through those choices. I mean, the, yeah. the dry spells are temporary. Yeah. Um, but you you are steadfast yeah. and you're committed until the emotion kicks mm-hmm. kicks back in again. Yeah. Um, and so then the other part of that is sometimes you know loving God is is the easy part. Even though God can be demanding, He also is merciful and loving and and wonderful in so many ways. The hard part, a lot of times, is loving our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, that annoying person or or whatever yeah. it may yeah. be. Yeah. Um, uh, so you know, you, you, if you think about it, when you when there's someone in your life, a spouse, a child, a friend that you love that you care for very deeply and they have friends or they have people that are special to them, you, you sort of love them by default or accept right. them by default. Any friend of yours is a friend of mine, right? And right. so we have to extend that. God loves every person that he has right. created. These are all beloved creatures of his, and so we need to, we need to love them yeah. uh, and make that effort. It's not for wimps, right? Exactly. <laughs> it can be. Exactly. It can be very difficult. Yeah. 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 And and, yeah. and and to 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 really show that love, you know, it means so much to our children. You know, now now that I have adult children, you know, that that share all the things of you know growing up. We all, we all get together on Sundays. Everybody comes over. They share all the the things, and I hear a lot of stories. But but yet, you know. When they brought somebody home that, that you know, you just were kind of like, mm, but you loved them, right? You, you loved them and, and uh, you know, it meant a, a lot to them. You know, sometimes I think it's almost a test to us as parents, you know, and, and, and to, when we show love, show that unconditional love to our children. And, you know, when, when they bring people home to their to their choices, you know, you love, you know, you don't always agree, but you love, right? Right. And, and I think that's what you're alluding to. That's yeah. it. And you love your children by doing that, by loving yes. the people that they care yes. about. The yes. same way with God, loving, loving the rest of his creation, the rest of the people that he's created is a way that we love God. Yeah. Because he lives. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So, love it. I mean, there's... We could talk all day just on that fruit. There's a lot to meditate on there. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if we'll get through all 12 of these or not. It, it's okay if we don't. But um, I'm, I'm really just wanting to kind of sow seeds here for yeah. that, that yeah. listeners maybe can take to prayer and continue to meditate on. Yeah. So, so, so can we – what's your favorite one of the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Do you have a favorite? Well, it, it – um, Comes and goes, you know. I get drawn to one or another throughout throughout the seasons. Recently, I've been kind of fixated on joy, which is the next one that we're going to talk so about. Let's talk about but, that. Um, joy is is a, a kind of a hard term to get your head wrapped around. Sometimes people think of it in terms of happiness or or satisfaction or pleasure or bliss. Mm. It's it's really. It's really none of those things. It's deeper and kind of more pro- more profound than any of those things. There's there's a famous poem. I don't know if, if you have heard this or not. It's old by Ella Wilcox called Solitude. The opening lines of this are, laugh and the world laughs with you. Mm-hmm. Is that familiar? Mm-hmm. Weep uh-huh. and you weep alone. Yeah. For the sad old earth has need of your mirth, but has troubles enough of its own. Mm-hmm. I think we can, you know, Paraphrase that maybe a little bit with apologies to to Miss Wilcox <laughs> in the in the spiritual life. The sad old mission field has need of your joy, but has sorrow enough of its own. 
there's there's lots of people that are filled with sorrow and have need of our joy. And the thing is, joy comes to us with God. God God brings us joy. I was saying, just thinking about this yesterday uh, at Mass. The readings were kind of focused on joy, interestingly enough. But if you think about the incarnation, the birth of Christ, and the angel's message to the shepherds, behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. When God comes into the world, he brings joy with him. So one way of looking at joy is is moving us a little, is that, that kind of that feeling or that experience that we have when we're moved a little closer to our fulfillment as what God created us to be. When God comes into the world and unites creation to himself, unites humanity and, and all of creation to himself, we're moved a little closer to the perfection of what we're created to be. Yeah. Also in the resurrection, we say we have, we have resurrection joy. Well, we're moved another big step closer to our ultimate fulfilling what we're meant to be through the resurrection. Um, but it's, it's really important to have a life that's characterized by joy as, as witnesses to the gospel message as we go through our lives. We're witnesses to the gospel. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God and, you know, specifically instructed by Christ to go and make disciples of all nations. That's, you know, we're not just, okay, we've got our, we've got our peeps here and, and we're good with that. You know, we're, we're commissioned to go and make disciples of all nations. But as we go through life and, and we embrace this role of ambassador or witness, you know, who, who wants to join us? Who wants to be part of something that looks like drudgery? Yeah. Or, you know, that's, that's uh, sorrowful or, or depression. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be part of something that's, that brings joy, that's life-giving. Yeah. And that's what we need to, to demonstrate, need to exude. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience or not. I've, I've, I've had the, the opportunity to get to know a couple of people in my life that I feel like were just exceptionally holy mm-hmm. people. And... And it's just attractive. You want to you want to be around them and and you know have that experience and and share in what they have. And a lot of what they have is this joy that comes to them from from the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think you know also joy can just kind of be a, a measuring stick, like we talked about earlier with the examination. But if you don't find joy in in your life or in your work. Maybe, maybe it's not necessarily that you need to find different work. Maybe you're not doing it in love mm-hmm. well enough to, to experience that joy. And mm-hmm. you can kind of go back and think about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, we say in the, in the Mass, uh, we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior. Mm-hmm. And hope in this regard is it's a, it's a theological virtue of hope. Mm-hmm. It's not... Um, it's not like, boy, I hope, I hope the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this yeah. year. You know, thinking, well, it, that kind of hope is really more like a desire. I want that to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe even when people talk, talk about someone in a desperate situation, you know, hang on to hope. That's, that's kind of like, well, believing that there's a possibility that it could happen. And that's not what we're talking about either. Theological hope is a certainty, a knowledge. When we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, we don't, we don't 
you know, just desire that to happen or think there's a possibility. We know for certain that that's going to happen. It's just hope because it's in the future. Yeah. It's not yet. And, and that's what gives us joy. We, have, we, have, we wait in joyful hope because of that, because of that knowledge. So it's, you know, it's different than just pleasure or happiness. It's, it's much deeper than that, and it's, and it's more persistent. Um, and it can, joy can persist even in the presence of suffering. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that hit me really kind of between the eyes in this regard, have, have you ever seen the, the Passion of the Christ movie of mm-hmm. Mel Gibson's? Yeah, I, I mean, saw it, it when it was in the theaters. It was hard. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to watch. But yeah. there's a scene in there where Jesus is carrying his cross through the, through the streets of Jerusalem, and he meets his mother, and he's in terrible shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's been scourged. He's, you know, had the crown of thorns and been beaten and in terrible shape. He, he meets his mother, and he turns to her, and Mel Gibson is kind of conflating a passage from the book of Revelation with the gospel here a little bit, but it, it works very well. He turns to her and he says, see, I make all things new. Yeah. And he's just got this radiance. Yeah. He's full of joy yeah. because he has a purpose, a noble purpose in the midst of his suffering. Yeah. And, you know, if we can get to that point where we can accept that suffering willingly and offer it to God and make it, make it sanctified, yeah. give it a purpose, we can have joy even in the midst of suffering. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to oversell this. I don't want to, you know, say if you don't have feel joy every moment of your life, then you're not, you know, on the path to holiness. I, I mean, there are some times when we are legitimately grieving, right? Where we have a loss of a loved one or something like that, and um, we're, we're sorrowful. Yeah. You know, and that's that's part of the human condition as well. But but it shouldn't be defining condition. Yeah. That sorrow, that grief is for a season. Mm. You know, we, want, we might feel the loss our whole life. Um, I, I certainly do. People in my life that I've lost that are close to me, I feel that loss every day. But I don't, I don't grieve it in the same way. I don't feel that sorrow. You know, that, that's for a season. And then we move on to where we're, we're joyful that they are experiencing life in heaven uh, ahead of us. And, you know, that joy can return. But it's a, it's a good barometer of of how full of the spirit we are if we feel that joy. And I think there's just great, great material for meditation and prayer around that fruit of joy. Yeah, right. I agree, you know, and your 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 uh, visual example for, for the, the passion of Christ and, and that, that um, just glow, you know, from, from Jesus at that point made me think of Mother Teresa. Mm. I mean, she was taking care of the poorest of the poor Yet she always had this this joy just emanating from her, and you know it was a things that that none of us would probably feel real happy about about doing. You know, with with the poorest, the poor cleaning up, you know, and 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 really caring for those that are dying. And you know, she was doing doing the Lord's work certainly, but but difficult work. Yet she always had this this joy. Yeah. Yeah. And and even, you know, we hear now, you know, she didn't always feel that joy. Right. Right. You know, and but but yet, you know, it was there and it was emanating from her and drawing, you know, people from all faiths loved, loved her, you know. And 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 so what a what a beautiful, beautiful thing to to have that that joy. It's something we all pray for. Right. And 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the very early days of EWTN Television Network, I saw an interview of some young girls that had just joined her order, the, mm. the Missionaries of Charity. And up to that point, I mean, I hadn't really known very many religious sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones I had encountered were, you know, of a of an older age and didn't really exude joy. But these girls that were being interviewed, I just remember even at the time, like, wow, they're full of joy. And it's just so attractive. Just, yeah. you, you know, you just wanted to partake in that. You wanted to have what they had. Yeah. And I think that's what God is calling us to do is to interact with other people in a way that they want to have what we have and, you know, get on board. Yeah. And joy is a big part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more from Dr. Abe Fisher about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. One body, one body stewarding God's creation. Fruits of the Holy Spirit. One body, one body. With Dr. Abe Fisher. One body stewarding God's creation. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. We are talking with Dr. Abe Fisher about those fruits of the Holy Spirit. And um, so we'll go on talking. We've talked about love and joy. We haven't made it very far, right? No, we uh, haven't made it very far. <laughs> so that's which, okay. one, which one do you want to talk about next? Next up is peace. So love and joy kind of go together uh, thematically. They, they both are, are a feeling and they also both are a choice that we make. Um, the next two are peace and patience. And those kind of go together as well, not just because they both start with P, but because of the content here, I hope that we'll see. So peace, again, is something that, you know, is very common, very, very common to us, well known. And sometimes that's a problem. We think of it, you know, in an in a ordinary sense. Uh, peace with another person, peace between countries, you know, the Beatitudes tell us, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, we're supposed to be making peace among among our, ourselves and you know we're supposed to be at peace with with everyone before we go forward to offer a gift at the altar or to receive communion i think that's what kind of springs to mind most often but i want to push that that notion a little bit when in regards to the fruit of the holy spirit here what i'm talking about here with the the fruit of the spirit is an inner peace that comes from resting in god yeah. a peace with god from ourselves and I think that is more the fruit of the, of the spiritual life of living in the Spirit, when our will is aligned with God and we're not opposing God in any way. Yeah. And so, you know, that little, little phrase, in any way, kind of makes it difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you need to meditate on that and pray on that. But if we, are, if we are desiring only the good and, you know, desiring to be free from sin and to be free from any uh, uh, inclination to sin, but think of the, the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah. That at first, when they were created, they would walk with God in the cool of the evening through yeah. the garden. And they were, they were friendly and, the, and everything was, there was no, 
no stress, no problem there. They were at peace, perfectly at peace with their creator. Yeah. Then the fall came about, and now they're, they're full of fear mm-hmm. and anxiety and shame, and they hide themselves. And God has to come down and say, where are you? Yeah. you know, not that they, they didn't know, everything, right? right not, that they you didn't wanted know. their answer, right? But, but everything was troubled. That, yeah. that peace had been broken. That peace yeah. is, is gone. Um, St. Augustine again, my buddy, St. Augustine, he says very famously, probably his most famous quote, speaking of God, you have created us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So that restlessness that he's talking about there is this lack of peace. Our hearts are restless. They're they're searching. They're troubled. They're full of anxiety. So peace is kind of the opposite of that restless heart. It's resting in the spirit, resting in God, yeah. um, being right with God, this, this state of a friendship without any kind of being free from any obstacles standing between us and the love of God. Yeah. So there again, you know, if, you, if, if there's something in your life that's just troubling you, you just don't feel, you feel full of anxiety and worry and not even sure what that is, take that to prayer and think, what is, what is this obstacle that is between me and God that is um, obstructing this peace? Because if you get that relationship right, everything else seems small, seems, seems doable, yeah. you know, if you have that, that relationship right and you have that peace. Um, every day at Mass, or every week at Mass, however that may be, um, just after, the, after the, our Father, we hear the priest pray this prayer. Well, this is, this is the way it was before the, the re- revision of the liturgy. I've changed it a little bit now, but... Deliver us, Lord, from every evil and grant us peace in our day. In your mercy, keep us free from sin and protect us from all anxiety as we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior. So you kind of see that that protection from anxiety and freedom from sin go together. Yeah. Sin brings anxiety. It brings yeah. fear, brings, brings worry, brings trouble. And peace is the antidote for all of that. Peace is the fruit of freedom from sin. And trusting in God is the antidote to anxiety. Jesus yeah. tells us all the time, you know, fear not, fear not, have faith. Trust in God, God will take care of this and don't fear. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from the saints is from Padre Pio, pray, trust, and don't worry, mm-hmm. don't fear. Mm-hmm. You know, God will, God will hear your prayer, God will take care of it. Yeah. Um, but so this spiritual fruit of peace, it comes from giving our lives over entirely to God mm-hmm. and not, I think a lot of times our, our stress and our anxiety, our worry, comes from us trying to, to fix it ourselves mm. <laughs> and, and, uh, and messing that up. Um, yeah. Give our lives entirely to God. Just trust with that perfect yeah. theological hope, that confidence that he'll provide for our needs and yeah. bring us to everlasting life. It's, and it's, that is that's just an amazing feeling, that fruit of peace. I, I think of that more often than not, as I'm walking out of the confessional, walking out of reconciliation, and you feel, okay, I'm, I'm reconciled, I'm restored, I'm at peace with God, and it's a beautiful feeling. You know, yeah. that's what you want to have all the time. Yeah, beautiful. And, and you know, it, that really is key to finding these truths, to, to really, or these fruits, to, to really bring the fruits into our life, you know, that, that giving it up, right? We can't do it on our own. You know, we can only do it do it through God. It reminded me of the the surrender novena. I don't mm-hmm. know how many people have have prayed that. I prayed it. You know, I'm pretty old, and and I prayed it just recently, right? <laughs> you know, and and it was 
powerful. And so I pulled up on mm. on on my phone. You know that there. You know you have each day you have something that that you're meditating on. But then at the end of that, you you say the prayer. Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And you say that ten times. You know just very quietly, very peacefully. You know you've just read this beautiful meditation. And then you give it all to him, yeah. and, and and I think that's how we bring bring that that peace that that you're talking about. It it doesn't come from us. It certainly doesn't come from the world. It comes from God. Yeah, yeah. So there can be there can be a very honest and and real desire to do that to surrender everything to Jesus, focusing on the the peace or lack of peace in our soul in our heart is kind of a way to to judge. Have we surrendered everything to Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, saying the words and and having the desire to give everything to Jesus is one thing, but actually accomplishing it sometimes is more difficult. Yeah. And this this can tell you, oh, I'm just I just feel rattled today for whatever reason. Yeah. And you say, okay, well, there's something that I haven't yeah. given over fully to Jesus, and yeah. that can be kind of a a barometer to help us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the time to pray again, right? Yep. You know, when we're feeling that rattled, you know, I was talking to a mentor who I really look up to and, and she said, you know, I was sharing with her, you know, how powerful this was for me. And she said, you know, I pray that prayer every day. You know, I don't mm-hmm. do the novena, but I pray that prayer every day. And, and, you know, I, I, I think that really is, it's the key. It's one mm-hmm. thing to say, Jesus, I trust in you. And as you say, it's another thing to do it. Yeah. But but we can only accomplish it through the grace of God, right? Yeah. And, and really that desire that, that you talk about. Okay, we're up to patience. Okay. Peace and patience. Patience, again, our, our, uh, our thoughts automatically go to being patient with, you know, the annoying people in our lives, right? Being, <laughs> being patient that they're not fast enough or they're not uh, doing things the way we want and we have to be patient with people. Again, I want to, and, and that's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. That's very important, loving our neighbor. But I want to focus our attention again with our relationship with God, to our relationship with God, patience with God. Mm. That might sound kind of funny. More often than, than that is that God needs to be patient with us, um, and he is infinitely patient, fortunately. But sometimes we have trouble being patient with God. So, you know, have you ever heard someone being described as having the patience of Job? Mm-hmm. Job sometimes mm-hmm. is held up as this paradigm of patience. And, you know, that's, that's a great one to look at. I think there's many others in the Old Testament as well. Um, Jacob's son, Joseph, who goes down into Egypt. And he's sold into slavery in Egypt. And then, you know, he has this opportunity to advance in Egypt if he, if he accepts the advances of Potiphar's wife, his his owner's wife, um, but he's but he doesn't do that. He's like, no, I'll trust in the Lord, and he's sent to prison, and he's languishing in prison for many years, yeah. and continuing to trust in the Lord, and eventually that that patience does does pay off in God's time. Just at the right time, he's brought to Pharaoh to interpret these dreams, and he and he's raised to power in God's time, yeah. and he's in the right place at the right time. Because he because he was, had that patience, um, the Hebrew people were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, continually crying out to God. They didn't, you know, lose that relationship with God. Israel waited for a Messiah for centuries, and eventually that did come in God's time when the time when the time was right. And you know, we we just have to remember that sometimes we want God to hurry up, and um, 
ease our, ease our suffering or bring something about. Sometimes we want God to slow down, but we just have to, we have to focus on that patience and understand that God's time is proper, is right. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the real paradigms of faith, the paradigm of faith in the Old Testament St. Paul talks about is Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, St. Paul tells us. But we see even Abraham and his wife Sarah kind of growing impatient with God. God had promised them an heir, had promised them a son, and, and they were getting old and this wasn't happening. Um, no son was coming and, and Abraham thought, well, maybe, you know, I should have a son with, with Hagar, with Sarah's, Sarah's maidservant and kind of tried to take matters into his own hands and mm-hmm. hurry things along a little bit. Yeah. And well, that just caused problems. Yeah. God said, no, this is not, this is not the heir that I'm yeah. promising. It's, yeah. it's I, Isaac, the heir of you and Sarah's bodies. And so, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to have, to have that patience. It requires faith. Yeah. It requires very strong faith. It requires us to trust God and his timing. Sometimes even if it seems like, you know, the window is closing and suffering is coming about, that's when it gets really hard to trust in the timing of God. Yeah. We pray and we know that if we're asking God for something that is not, that is not bad for us, that is not directly opposed to the will of God, God will grant it. God will answer our prayer. We don't know exactly when. And sometimes it seems like, well, you know, the window here is closing. Yeah. I think about, you know, myself, I'm involved in, in agriculture, as many of the listeners in this area are. Yeah. And we've been praying for rain for a long time. It's been very dry. And we think, well, you know, another season is coming to a close here. You know, we need, we need rain now or another season's going to be a bust and we'll have to sell livestock or, you know, whatever. It seems like it can be major, major problems there. That's when it becomes really hard to trust mm-hmm. and say, well, even, even if these bad things happen, we know that God has, has our back. God has, has our best interest at heart and will, and will bring good out of whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where it becomes not for wimps. Yeah. You, have to, you have to maintain that strength. Yeah. We know God, God sees all ends that we don't see. We keep trusting, keep loving, keep praying. Keep the faith. So that patience, patience with God is, is another one that's great to meditate on. I didn't think we would get through all 12 of these. Maybe I'll come back another time and talk about some of the others. But awesome. in the time that we have left, left um, I'm going to skip ahead to generosity because that's another one that's, that's almost too common um, when we think about generosity as giving. And if it fits in with our theme here, yeah. uh, the, the Pledge Week. You know, we want people to be generous with their, with their donations, and that's, that's a very good starting point there. But generosity can mean, can mean several things. And I think when we're meditating in prayer on the fruits of the Spirit and, and evaluating our lives in terms of these fruits of the Spirit, generosity can be stretched a little bit. And one of the one of the big things is the generosity of of time. Um, not just not just giving of our time, donating time, which is you know a great thing, but just being being a hundred percent present to the people in our lives, to the situations that we encounter. There are some people that we encounter in life that just have this gift of 
whenever they're interacting with someone, whoever they're talking to or interacting with, they can make that person feel like they're the only important thing in the world at that time. Yeah. No matter how busy they are, no matter yeah. what's going on, you have their you have their full attention. Yeah. And you see that if if you're a fan of the chosen TV series that Jesus' interactions with people are like that. He just has this piercing gaze and he looks he looks through you and, and you're like the only important thing in the world at that moment. Mm. I think <laughs> um, when I've when I've had an opportunity to visit with or be around Bishop Vinky, he has that gift as well. Mm. Um, all the things that he has going on, as busy a person as he is you, f- you feel very important. And yeah. that, that is a generosity of time, kind of a, a generosity of spirit, yeah. of being, being so present. Um, I heard a, a person speaking recently talking about this, this generosity of spirit. When you, when you come home from work or when you come into a situation, being fully present and being focused on, on giving your spirit you're, the Holy Spirit that is within you, bringing bringing Christ to the people that you encounter, and not not focused on your weariness or your troubles or you know your to do list or whatever it is, but focused on what does the person in front of me need, mm-hmm. um, you know, and especially sharing sharing the Spirit. Um, <clears throat> there's a there's a passage in the Gospel of Saint John that says, God does not ration the Spirit. The spirit is like love. You can give it away completely and not have any less of it than when you started. Yeah. You know, and, and just having that generosity of spirit. I think maybe that's a, a place to land, to finish. <laughs> I know we're out of time. Yeah. Well, I don't know what my final thought would be. I, um, I, just, I just will leave you with this list again, I guess, to, and I would really encourage people to take these to prayer and meditate on this. There's such rich fodder for just meditation and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, generosity, modesty, chastity, faithfulness, self-control. Wouldn't that be a great, um, a great list of character traits to be described about you at, at your death? Mm. This is the way you lived your life. Um, I would, I would love to have people say that about me, and so I think yeah. that's a, a worthwhile life project, but yeah. definitely takes some time in prayer. Love that. Can Maybe we'll come back and do six more Fruits of the Spirit another time. Love that. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this One Body show, please know it is affordable and your 30-second spot will run three times during the show, which runs five times a week on five different stations. Interested? Give us a call at 785-621-4110. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.